And welcome on into this emergency edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. He is George Bremer. I am Ryan Hickey. George, the podcast we thought we would be doing on October 7th, 2023. Breaking news, Jonathan Taylor has been extended and he is going nowhere. George, never a doubt, right? This was this was one of those, it was all for the most part, just basically unofficially official. We just knew, hey, cross some T's, dot some I's. It's a matter of uh, when, then if. Not exactly shocking to come across your radar on Saturday morning, right? Yeah, completely smooth sailing the whole way, no (laughs) doubt about it. Uh, You know, I'm excited because I think the last circus tent has been taken down. The circus has officially left Indianapolis. You know what? You're right. Our off your special off season wish, which dates back to February, I want to say, right? When we kind of talked about our off season goals going forward, maybe maybe even Jan- probably honestly December, honestly, when we started looking ahead to this season last year. Your probably. wish, longer than we would have liked, George, has come true that the circus is out of town, and now with the Jonathan Taylor extension, for the first time in a few years, George, the focus for this team is back on football and really football only. It's great. And there's optimism. I think that's, you know, we talked already this year in a, in a couple of post-game pods about how much more fun this year's been and about how much more optimistic, you know, you can be about this team. I think you said it's as optimistic as you've been about the offense since 2018, you know, Andrew Lux last year. Uh, this takes that to another level. Now you've got Jonathan Taylor in that backfield. We've been talking all week about the potential of this pairing we now know, A, we're going to see it at least in a cameo on Sunday against the Titans. And B, that Jonathan Taylor will be here for the next three years, uh, which has got to be very comforting to Anthony Richardson. I mean, you know, his progression now, uh, I think, goes goes into the fast lane. He now is going to see much better looks from defenses. Uh, and I think it's going to help him really. He's already probably ahead of, of where I think most people not himself, but most people expected him to be uh, at this point in his career. And now I just think this is this is an accelerator for him. This is something that's going to help speed up that learning process and help him get to the next level that much faster. I think you're 100% right about that. And again, that's honest. And that goes back to the biggest thing this offseason and the biggest, for me, frustration when it came to Jonathan Taylor contract extension talks and why for me it was a no-brainer. It honestly had nothing to do with JT himself. It had everything everything to do with the development of Anthony Richardson and making sure he is as best he could be in year number one and beyond. And that's what was so frustrating with the Colts dragging their feet and being so standoffish was the fact that, sure, I mean, you're not paying a great player on your team that you've had a precedent of doing a lot of times before, even at non-premium positions like left guard and like linebacker. We saw with Quentin Nelson and Shaq Leonard you had no problem paying, you know, again, not ideal premium positions, big time money. And the fact that not only were you shunning Jonathan Taylor, who again is the best offensive player you have, especially skill wise, it's also directly hurting the development of Anthony Richardson. And George, I think that's part of the reason why a deal got done. Again, we were being sarcastic in the beginning. We talked about it as recently as Thursday's pod when Jonathan Taylor first spoke. I thought at least that press conference and him kind of putting on a brave face I had no concerns with him long-term out of that press conference, even, even though he didn't commit to Indy past this 2023 season at the time, because I thought that was going to play out in the offseason. The Colts basically made it seem they're not going to give him a contract extension whatsoever. And that's where I was like, okay, you know what? He'll at least be 
he'll play hard in 2023. And then from there, whatever, we'll see where the chips do fall. I think a big reason why we are sitting here again, before he even plays a game in 2023, just activate off the pup list. I think one of the reasons why we are seeing Jonathan Taylor get the pay he wants and the pay he, he got is because directly of Anthony Richardson. And you mentioned before, he is right now seemingly ahead of the curve and ahead of maybe where the Colts thought he would be at this point in his development, four games, really three games into his NFL career. And I think they saw and realized, you know what? AR is playing really well. Right now, the running game is not where we want it to be or we know where it could be. Receiver-wise, again, there's some guys stepping up, but it's not like he's had that true ideal number one receiver on the outside. Let's just keep a guy that we know is a home run hitter and a true threat to the defense and not lose, you know, a potential elite weapon and hurt Richardson going forward. I think if you're Jonathan Taylor, a big, big, big thank you right now for you getting paid on this Saturday has to go to right now your quarterback in number five. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think expectations internally have risen. Uh, They're always high. You know, you're always coming into a season thinking you can do things. Uh, But I think they feel like, from their actions and from just watching Richardson play uh, that they're a little bit further ahead than, than maybe even they expected to be right now. And so why not get Jonathan Taylor back in the mix? Why not, you know, try to help this offense go from 14th right now in the league in scoring to, I said, I think it can be a top 10 offense with Jonathan Taylor here. And it's not a very far climb from 14 to 10. So, uh, you know, I think that's definitely a possibility for this team. Uh, But I also think, you now get rid of one of the potential landmines to this season. As much optimism as there's been through these first four weeks and as much excitement as there's been, the one dark cloud out there was always Taylor, right? You know, how's this going to end? What's it going to mean in January when the season's over? Are they going to be right back to square one? And honestly, as recently as yesterday, I still felt like that was going to be the case. You know, January would roll around and then you'd start talking about the, the franchise tag and credit to Jonathan Taylor. He didn't have a lot of leverage. We talked about that the entire time. He used every ounce of what he did have, and he won. He got a deal that no other running back in the league is getting right now, uh, and deservedly so, because he is not like any other running back in the league right now. Uh, The Colts, I think, win too, because they still have Jonathan Taylor. And I think one of the things, I can't remember if we talked about it on the air or off the air, because it, it sort of blends together a lot of times. But the idea that if you drew up a list right now of teams in the NFL and where does Jonathan Taylor fit best, who does he actually, you know, fit in the best with, the Colts will be right at the top of the list with a young quarterback who's on a rookie deal, an offense that needs that that boost that, that can help him and help get the training wheels off and, and get him to the next level. And obviously the Colts agree. Then they got this deal done. Um, you know, also a lot of credit needs to go to Chris Ballard. He's the one that sat there a couple months ago in front of the media and said he's going to repair this relationship. I think a lot of us sort of scoffed at that, like, you know, how? you going to pay him? Well, yes, they are, and the relationship has been repaired. You're right. I think this is a great deal for both sides, and both sides deserve a lot of credit because, to your point, Jonathan Taylor basically did the impossible. He is in a position where the leverage – he had nothing. Again, like he – Sat out of training camp. We can even argue whose decision was it, you know, was it to put him on pup in the first place? Did that actually benefit Taylor or not? But the point is, if you want to even say he had like an ounce or two of leverage, well, he used that to the max and got paid. And to your point, 
Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay, despite especially Jim Irsay putting the Colts in this hole to begin with, put his money where his mouth is, at least dug the Colts out of it, and again, put the team first and put their quarterback truly first, matched their words in the offseason, and now is finally, again, financially backing that up by giving Richardson resources he needs to succeed. And now, George, if you get into the details of the contract here, part of the reason why I think both sides win here, you look at Jonathan Taylor, right? The official contract extension, three years, $42 million total money, which averages out to $14 million a year. You look at, in terms of running backs, where that ranks, that's third. Third in average annual salary behind only Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. So again, right now, Jonathan Taylor, right? I think we'd all argue, even coming off 2022, easily a top three running back in the NFL, getting paid like it. The big number we know, especially with running backs, guaranteed money because the odds he sees all $42 million, he could. But unfortunately, with the running back position, we see that you never usually sometimes do see all of that money. Guaranteed money, though, for Jonathan Taylor, $26.5 million which similar to the average annual value is also third amongst running backs. So to his credit, JT got a contract where he is top three salary-wise in the NFL for running backs, which is absolutely deserving. But also, also if you're the Colts, that's really nothing. Because you look at their, the salary cap that they that the space that they do have. Again, you have a rookie quarterback right now on that first uh, first contract. So it's very cheap, very manageable. You have a few other big players as well on big time contracts, but it's not like they are in cap hell or have, you know, have to start cutting players going forward here. They have the cap space timing wise. They're in the perfect spot to pay a running back, but because of this three-year extension, George, you would imagine that's going to take him to at least year four with Anthony Richardson at the helm. And if Richardson continues to develop the way we think he should, that's around the time you'll pay Richardson. So JT's deal expires really right around the time you're going to pay AR the big money. It aligns perfectly. And so this is, like I said, a win-win for the team in the sense that they get now one of the best offensive players in the league, just flat-out offensive players, regardless of position, on their team, lock it up, drama-free. And for Jonathan Taylor, you get the money you you want, and it's also a fair market deal for you where you are well-respected in terms of the salary range. And Taylor now doesn't have to worry. He doesn't have to have any restrictions on him out there. He can go out and he can play and, and he doesn't have to worry about if, if he suffers an injury, what does that mean for his future? He's got that 26 million. He got his big payday. Uh, you know, he's able now to move forward and, and be confident. And like you said, just focus on football uh, and trying to beat the Tennessee Titans on Sunday, which he already was talking about on Thursday. And uh, that's obviously where his mind is. Uh, it's where this team's mind is. Obviously, been a long while since they've beaten Tennessee, uh, especially at home. Uh, and it, it's a huge game. I mean, you know, they're suddenly in the conversation in this division, and this is a huge game, you know, for this division standing. So, I think also it allows the Colts now to move on to Michael Pittman. You know, now you've got that franchise tag free if you need to use it this offseason uh, to keep him on board. But you can also start talks with him and, and see if you can get something done with him as well and lock up all of the, the skill position talent around Anthony Richardson. Yeah, that's a good point because you're right. Now, if you're the Colts, it's now just about accumulating talent as well and keeping the talent you have here. And like you look like at a team like New England, for example, with Mac Jones. Is Mac Jones very good? Frankly, I don't think so. But also you look at the weapons. He doesn't really have a lot of weapons around him. I think that's part of the reason why he struggles. If you're the Colts, you, again, cannot allow Anthony Richardson to be in the same position as Mac Jones in two years where we're like, is Anthony Richardson actually, is he an actual franchise quarterback? You can't tell, not because of the play, but because he has no one around him. 
they are doing the job where, again, we will know in two, three, maybe four years if Richardson is truly the guy or not, in large part because the requisite talent is there. And if you can't succeed with John and the Taylor running back and presumably Michael Pittman Jr., our receiver, maybe add another, you know, dynamic threat um, as well. Like that's where, again, at least, at least the good news is for the Colts, if let's just say Richardson fails, but which right by all accounts and standards right now does not seem to be the case. Let's just say he does. At least if you're Chris Ballard and Jim Mercy, you can put your head on the pillow at night in two or three years from now and say, you know what? We didn't fail him. He failed us. And that's a, one of the biggest regrets you can have as a front office. And we're kind of seeing a little bit with the Bears right now adjusted fields. It's like field's not playing well, but that offensive line stinks. DJ Moore, they finally, George, realized, oh, let's throw him the ball and see what happens to actually throw a good receiver the ball a ton. Good things happen, but running game stinks, offensive line stinks, coaching stinks. And so it gives you like this muddled opinion of Justin Fields of is he actually bad? Is he good? Is it the situation? Is it him? A lot of questions. That's for the Colts. Again, the biggest thing you want to make sure is clarity. And so far, again, Richardson has surpassed expectations early on. But now you at least are giving him every opportunity to not only take the job, truly run with it. And like I said, now start to become this team that is formidable and starting to make some noise going forward here. You mentioned before, George, right? Obviously, this is on the heels of not only this extension coming, but coming now as the Colts are getting set to face the Titans at home. Um, since we last spoke to you on Thursday, uh, John the Taylor has been officially activated off pup list, so he is going to be ready to go and playing on Sunday. Now that JT is locked up, George, how, if any, does that change your expectations for this year here in 2023 with where you think the Colts should be at the end of the year? I think offensively it, it sends them significantly higher because they're, they're not one dimensional. This is what we've been talking about all year long, basically is that, you know, when you're one dimensional and everybody knows what you've got to do, defenses can really pin their ears back and, and come after you. We saw that, that shell that everybody's been playing against them. You know, I, I have my doubts that they're going to see much of that the rest of the way here, at least as long as Jonathan Taylor's healthy. Uh, and once he proves himself to, to, to be, you know, who he's been for really his whole career when, when he hasn't been injured. Um, I, I think those shells are going to go away. And and that means the biggest part of Anthony Richardson's game that we've only seen little bits and pieces of right now, that ridiculous arm strength he has. I mean, go back to, to my Twitter account uh, in the pregame warmup from Sunday and, and watch how easily he's throwing the ball 65 yards, just flicking his wrist. We haven't got to see that that deep ball a lot and in large part because defense has been playing to take it away because they've had that luxury. It's not going to be there with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and I think Taylor, we've been talking about Taylor and, and Richardson and what a good mix they are, but with Zach Moss as a change of pace back, the, the power guy, the hammer in, in this scheme as well, it's, it's all of a sudden the running game with those three involved in it, Taylor, Moss, and Richardson becomes – really formidable and that will open things up in the passing game it should open things up for alec pierce uh i think from an offensive standpoint it really does raise expectations now they've got to get bernard ryman back and healthy he's not going to play on sunday uh and that's something that will also factor into the the, the deep ball eventually uh, because obviously when your left tackle is out there you have a little more confidence about longer developing plays but i think it's going to make defenses really work a lot harder uh, in the week leading up to play this team. And I think it's going to, again, severely accelerate Anthony Richardson's learning curve. Now, defensively, there's still questions, but we know that that front four has played really well, front seven, really, with the linebackers as well, 
If they can continue to play at that level and the offense can give them big leads that can allow them to be more aggressive, then I think the expectations for the team as a whole need to go up. I like that point because I think you're right. Like got the right, got the hat, run the damn ball. I think the Colts got to and will get back to that because you look at right now, their splits, they're 14th in rushing yards per game, 19th in passing yards per game. But this does feel like one of those where you're going to run the ball, open up the pass. And like you said, that's how you prevent defenses from dropping seven, basically, and keeping and forcing Anthony Richardson to basically dink and dunk his way down the field and kind of look like the offense we saw last year, where it was plotting, um, deliberate, where it took, if they're going to score a touchdown, it took 12 plays. They didn't have a lot of explosive plays. I think you're going to have to run the ball and open up in order to open up the passing game. We saw it a little bit last week against the Rams. And again, now you bring a home run hitter in Jonathan Taylor. It obviously does wonders now for this offense and forces defenses to really start to think about how to defend. And two, we saw Shane Steichen with the Eagles last year, right? Obviously, they were known as a run-heavy team and they ran for a lot of different players. They also were super balanced. They were extremely balanced running the ball and passing the ball. You saw with Jalen Hurts. Finished second in the MVP. They went to the Super Bowl. So Shane Sykes a guy that I think ideally he's in his perfect element when both the run and the pass are working. And now defenses truly don't know what to account for. I wouldn't say he's more, he's like one of those guys that prefers to air it out more over the run or vice versa. Like he's truly a guy that wants to attain balance. And now again, if you are able, when you bring Jonathan Taylor back and get him up to speed, hopefully sooner rather than later, all of a sudden now this opens up this offense where, like you said, everything's at your disposal. I think you're right, George. I think absolutely. Look at this team now from week five, maybe even week six again, or week seven when Jonathan Taylor's fully back. But from this point on, I'm with you in terms of being a top 10 offense in the NFL, at least in terms of yards per game and even in the red zone, because we talked about that, especially in the preseason, one of the areas where this team struggled, you now get a tremendous threat in Jonathan Taylor. Not only can he take an 80-yard run to the house, which right now the Colts are unable to do outside of Richardson, He's also, once you get down the red zone, a threat to run it in and also catch the ball to the backfield and be a problem as well. That should open up red zone looks of this team and have them convert more field goals into touchdowns. And again, be like you said, at the end of the year, one of those offenses that we're talking about is one of the best in the NFL. Credit to Anthony Richardson. He's been really good in the red zone. He he struggled in that in training camp. It's something we talked about early on in practice that, that didn't look uh, exactly where you necessarily wanted it to be. He's been great. He's got seven touchdowns combined right now, rushing and, and passing. Uh, a lot of that's come down in the red zone. Now you're going to throw Jonathan Taylor into that mix as well. And eventually Jelani Woods is going to be back within the next couple of weeks. The red zone offense can become a strength of this team. Uh, and I think I like a lot of what you were just saying about Shane Steichen because we've been praising him for the imprint he's already put on this team. Uh, some of the creative things that we've seen from him already. And now – he can really open up the whole playbook. And, and I think that's that's critical. You know, he can go and, and, and understand that he's got a home run hitter at running back and take his own training wheels off. Because I think he's had to – he's not going to admit it, but I think he's had to call games differently uh, in these first couple of weeks because at times he's had a backup quarterback in there, uh, went all the way down to the third string running back at one point. So now that you've got the, the crew together that you thought you would have – just go back to his opening press conference. When you're talking about balance and, and what he wants, we say throw to win, throw to score points, run to win games. That that's his philosophy. And now he's got both of those elements at his disposal. Let's go, George. I am so excited. Let's go. This is look, this has been unnecessary, right? Going back to July when the when the news first broke that JT requested a trade. 
there's been a, a lot of unnecessary stress and frustration with the, with this organization, with everyone, right? With Jonathan Taylor, with Chris Ballard, with Jim Irsay. There's been a lot of clowning of the Colts. Been a lot of thoughts of how they're ruining Richardson and they're going to trade away JT and give him away for nothing. I I am just so excited, George. Like you said it before that the circus is gone. That we like it's now. It's like as we're talking it out and like realities are actually setting in after like an hour. We're recording this about an hour or so after the news first broke, and it's finally sinking in. Like this is just it's an uplifting and like refreshing feeling. Uh, refreshing feeling like relief. Of just like now the drama, the headaches, the questions. Again, we we knew Jonathan Taylor was going to play this year. We put it like one percent the chances he was going to get traded between now and the trade deadline. So it's not like there was any really angst for the most part about JT getting traded between now and Halloween. You knew bare minimum he's going to finish out this season in twenty twenty three. But like you said on Thursday's pod, it's still like well the questions of if he's healthy and if he tweaks a knee or an ankle without a contract. Does he play? Does he like, you know, take it extra cautiously? The fact that we could just put all of those questions, all of those concerns and speculation aside. And now again, we can focus George on just football, no contracts, no weird injuries, no COVID vaccines. Like you look at the, the, what has plagued this team the last few years, no Jeff Saturday. Again, for the first time in like five, six, seven years, George, it is only football. Let's go. Let's go. This no, is a I mean, great day. A long time. Because even in 2018, they got off of that one and five start and, and things were, you know, not great before they caught fire. And then you were excited that whole off season about what 2019 could bring until two weeks before the regular season started. Uh, now, I think for the first time since then, uh, there there's true excitement moving forward, whether it's, you know, this week or, or even this year, uh, you can see what this team could potentially become down the road. And I think that's what people you know should be excited about. Uh, I think they, it looks like at least right now, all signs point that they've got the right head coach in Shane Sykin. It looks like they've got the right quarterback in Anthony Richardson. And now you've got one of the most dangerous offensive players in the NFL returning to the fold. Uh, that can't be anything but exciting and good news. Uh, and now they've got a major challenge ahead of them on Sunday. We've been talking about that all week. Tennessee is one of the best run defenses in the NFL, 2.9 yards per carry. Um, They're going to challenge these Colts. And it's nice to talk about that, right? Instead of, you know, who is JT looking at on the sideline? Who's he shaking (laughs) hands with? Who's he, did he smile at the right time? Did he smile at the wrong time? Is he rooting for the other team? None of that. You don't have to worry about any of that now. Just talk about things like Jeffrey Simmons and the challenge that he creates, Kevin Byard and the challenge that he creates. And Mike Vrabel and the, the stranglehold he's had on this rivalry, that is a much more fun thing to focus on uh, than contracts and COVID vaccines and, and and all the other unnecessary nonsense that, that you know, has been the case the last three years. All the garbage. That's like I said, piled on and at times mostly overshadowed the on-the-field product. That's the thing. It's not just like the Colts have been bad the last few years. It's also the fact that a lot of the off-the-field drama has overshadowed even the poor play on the field. So again, like you said, we could talk about now frustrating, but at least it's good to focus on, like I said, in theory, the five game losing streak, snapping that on Sunday, the four game home losing streak to the Titans, snapping that on Sunday. It's nice to get back to football and it's nice, George. Again, Sunday, I hope is a fun day, George. I pray that this time, maybe a little bit later in the day, but around this time tomorrow, we are sitting here talking about a Colts win and really 
vibes being truly high in belief, truly being there for the first time in a long time. Um, if they win this game, go to three and two, go to two and one in the division. If it's a loss, at least it's going to be a, dep- I'll tell you this, it's going to be a depressing pod, but at least it's football related. And it's not about anything with Jonathan Taylor or anything else in terms of, again, off the field drama. It is at least now everything we can be frustrated with is performance related and nothing else, which honestly, I think as fans is what we could truly ask for. And especially when you have an owner with Jim saying, who does love to take a lot of the spotlight away. Um, it is good now, at least for the short term here, that it is all about the team. Which, by the way, George, we were joking. It was it last week or two weeks ago when it seemed like Jonathan Taylor was on his track to returning and coming off pup this week. We both were joking like, Arce's been a little too quiet. You know, things from him have been a little too reserved. We were a little mm-hmm. afraid of, uh, is, is Jim going to, you know, look, maybe the fire's been you know put out for right now. Is he going to, you know, pour a little gasoline and light another match just to reinvoke all the flames? But to Jim's credit, Smokey the Bear be proud. He put that fire out, doused some water on it, a little fire extinguisher, stomped out all the ashes. There's no chance of this fire rekindling and lighting up anytime soon. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Yep. No, that, that, we don't have to worry about the other shoe dropping. But now, before, before we wrap up, I got to find out the, the question the whole nation wants to know. Is, is the Jonathan Taylor extension worthy of a victory cone? Oh, wow. I think so. You know what, George? That's a great point. I think, you know what? That's You're 100% right. That's a major win. That is a major win. Yes. Yes. Good call. We're going to Ralph's, baby. We are going. It's pouring rain here. Does not matter. The victory cone prevails. George, you are 100% right. You are 100% right. This calls for a cone. Cone sponsored by Jim Irsay. Let's go. I get to the important stuff here. I, I get to the real meat of, of the situation. You're right about that. That's You know what? That's why, George, you pay the big bucks. <laughs> that is why we pay you the big bucks. Oh, boy. I'm telling you. We said this on Thursday. Lucas Oil Stadium should be electric for Sunday's game. I think now, too, with the return of JT, I'm, I bet he's going to get a massive ovation. The, the Jew, this place is going to be jumping. It is going to be a fun game tomorrow, Lucas Oil Stadium, George. I I imagine, and we will see. But they they wow, I think they introduced the defense the last home game, uh, so I think they're going to introduce the offense this week. And I would imagine he's going to be the last guy out of the tunnel, and that should be quite a moment before the game. Even if they did introduce the offense last game, you got to call an audible there, right? Like, hey, look, defense, we'll do two games in a row for you later down the road. Big news here, big you know, again to really get the crowd going. I think you got to, again, either way, it sounds like you said, because they did the defense against the Rams. Now you bring out the offense and introduce them. Even if it was the offense last week, you got to bring out JT. You got to give him a little bit of a, a roll call, if you will. Um, and uh, and let the crowd go crazy. Yeah. Outside of right, a 14, nothing deficit five minutes into the game. That place should be wild. That place should be jumping. So it's going to be a lot of fun. George, a great, a great sign right now, hopefully to kick off this weekend to hopefully end the five-game losing streak to the Titans and really turn 2023 into, it's been already a fun season, maybe, maybe a magical season. That could be a nice little topic uh, if we're talking about a win this time tomorrow, George. Who knows, right? Could be an interesting week next week. That's why now is is more than ever is the time to make sure you subscribe, go to YouTube, uh, hit that subscribe button, go to Apple, go wherever you go to, to find our podcast. Find the little blue horseshoe, the blue horseshoe pod. 
that is we're we're gonna be on top of this all the rest of the way. Victory cones, plug in the pod information. George, you have you've earned two paychecks today. You have <laughs> <awful>. you <laughs> you have crushed it. And a reminder: YouTube live after the game tomorrow, only on the Blue Horseshoe Pod YouTube page. We will be live, George and I. After the game, a lot to talk about, as you could imagine here, as the Colts Titans get set for a big week five matchup here. So subscribe, as George said, lock in, enjoy the weekend. Have a great time. We'll talk to you on Sunday after the game right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.